Hello, Rip City. To all of you ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, whether you're in town or out of town or in any corner of these worldwide interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, the not-so-vanilla Hood River Gorilla, I am Keith Feltner-Smith. My brother, my buddy, the on-time Hawaiian Chris Burkhart will be joining us in just a moment as we bring you part two of our talk last week going into the All-Star Weekend. Last episode, we dug deep into the whole Gary Payton fiasco, going through and trying to uncover what we thought the root causes really were. Today in part two, we discuss the new incoming Blazers, the direction of the team, and what you should be looking forward to the rest of this season. Quick side note, I'm sure you can tell from my slightly modified pace and momentum here, I've been having some personal issues to deal with regarding my face and dental health and mandibular health, as we talked about before. So if you came here for all of the all-star highlights, I apologize. We'll be touching on that and much more after we see a few games this coming week from the Blazers, from the new squad, see some of the new lineups that they should be running, and we can get into all of that next week when we record. That's your abridged intro for today, so let's dive right into the conversation about Matisse and Cam and what we can expect from their shooting and what directions the team will be taking. Lots of listener questions in here, too. Shout out to Drew Bustang, hey. shout out to Shoot Some Oops, hey. shout out to Ike hey. and Chris Triggered, shout out to Sheriff as hey. well, BMAC, all hey. of you guys, thank you all for joining us from the Discord and helping us with the content. And away we go. Let's talk about some basketball, let's talk some, about some actual on-the-court happenings, because yeah, we've got some new Blazers to talk about. Matisse Thibel and Cam Reddish, both on small samples so far. Cam started for us last Friday against OKC. He's also played against the Lakers and the Wizards in the uh, this week. Matisse Thibel did not join us Friday, but he was here for the Lakers and the Wizards games. So, small sample size theater, Chris. Cam Reddish, so far for the Blazers across three games. 11 points, 2 rebounds, 1.7 assists, 41% from 3. Matisse Thibel, on the other hand, we've got 8 points, 3.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 44% from three. These, on paper, small sample size theaters, seems like pretty good numbers. I feel like it's improvement. Josh Hart was shooting about 30% from three when he was an active player for us over a much larger sample than three games. What are your thoughts? How are your How are you feeling about our new Blazers additions? Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use add their uh, per game averages over a two to three <laughs> game uh, sample size. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, totally legit. So I'm just going to go with eye test and how things are feeling. Let's just start with Cam Reddish. Okay. Uh, I actually thought, Cam, I know people are dogging him. There's some people who just aren't Cam Reddish fans. I liked what I saw. For a guy who hasn't played basketball for two months, learning a new right. system, he looks good. And I think what they got in Cam Reddish, uh, again, you and I talked about this last week. He's a restricted free agent, so there is some uh, flexibility and control over that asset, which is nice. But I think what they got in Cam Reddish is a is a very very capable rotational uh forward a guy who can be mm -hmm. your backup three your backup four help you out i mean in the long run might be a little bit better um athletically and fitted in what the lineup wants to do than perhaps like a trend in watford uh at that particular position as watford has looked pretty interesting lately playing a lot of minutes at the five uh, mm. but he just gives you a little bit more versatility uh, and the ability to tinker because he can play multiple positions again. And the biggest thing here is size, man. He's 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, You're not totally. giving up size when you play him out there. The shot is is a work in progress. Uh, I liked what he was doing. He's not afraid to shoot. Uh, and I, as I tweeted, I'm like, if you, it, it just needs a little bit of calibrating. It just needs a little bit of tweaking. Mm. 
and yeah. I think it can get right there. And one thing Portland does have in its favor, regardless of who's coaching, right? There's a track record of Portland players coming here who have not yes, been sir. good shooters turning in to good shooters. You one need look no further than Nasir Little when he Nasir Little. I was that just gonna say shot was bust. Or look at the yeah. fact that Yusuf Nurkic has become a, a competent three point shooter this year. So uh, Very I, 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 I I still think they can fix him. Um, we'll see how it goes. But even if he doesn't turn into a you know a super uh, reliable shooter, he still gives the guy some some versatility in the lineup. Um, but he's not your starter. Don't don't get me wrong. He started last last game out of necessity, uh, but he's he's just not there in the long run. He's just, uh, he's a good bench player for the Blazers right now. I, I hear what you're saying about Reddish maybe getting that uh, lead start on the position. I feel like Matisse Thybul is the kind of guy we need to to get minutes in our rotation. The question about him seems to be his offensive ability though. We had a question from our guy Drew Bastank on Discord, and <laughs> listeners come and join the Discord if you haven't yet. I'll get back to that in a minute. But Drew says he doesn't expect Matisse Thybul to shoot any higher than 25% from three on the season. Anything beyond that would be a bonus. I'm not sure if I'm that low. I, I think Matisse, I, I get that he's not necessarily going to be a three-point shooter. We saw him go four of six in his first game here for the Blazers. And he had a great quote talking about how much comfort uh, can influence this and how he never quite had the, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what his phrasing was, but he basically said that he never really felt he had the green light in Philly to really take the shots he was comfortable with. Moore had to kind of question himself uh, on whether he should be the shooter or not, and how that could change here in Portland, where he just feels like he's got already a little bit more of an uh, well, open window to do well, it. How do you feel about Matisse Thibault's shooting? Well, let's pump the brakes there, old Matisse, because you ain't going to have the green light to shoot all the time when Jeremy <laughs> Grant and Nasir Little, or uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, with when Jeremy Grant roster. and Yusuf Nurkic are back, because you're, yep, yep. you're you're back to the fifth guy in that lineup. Um, but no, I think saying that he's going to be at 25% is... is uh, kind of a slap in the face to the guy i, I get that he's Ooh. not i get that he's not a great shooter uh and hasn't been needed a bunch from from three-point range but i mean his career is over 30 percent. he's at what 33 percent, and the lowest he's, he's ever shot was a, a 301 that's pretty weak i get it but you think a guy's <laughs> i i just don't see a guy all of a sudden dropping you know 50 points off his three-point percentage. Oh, yeah, now he's just a consistent 25% three-point shooter. If anything, I actually think the number could improve because I'm a big advocate, Keith, of, of reps are what make you better. Mm, yeah. And he has never been asked to take a lot of shots within that Philadelphia Philly. Within that Philadelphia 76er <laughs> offense, right? So uh, I think if you ask more of him, you probably see a, a quick dive in his percentage. And then as the season goes on, continue to climb back up. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, the fact that he took six three-point shots in that first game. In the first game, yeah. Yes, he was needed, but the, the green light there is just, it's just useless. I, uh, I just don't see I, him all of a sudden dropping to 25% out of I'm even going to go a little more optimistic. Uh, as our one of our other friends in Discord put it, I'm going to be controversially optimistic. Matisse Thibault, on his career, he's 32.8 from deep. This season, he's 34.7, so almost 35%. And that's, like you said, where he spent most of the season in a system where he says, from in his own words, that he didn't quite feel like he was comfortable with the shots he was taking or he was questioning himself sometimes. 
I think he's going to come in here. If he's more comfortable, I see that jumping up. I'm going to go 35% or, or better. I think we've... Uh, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be some knockdown 3 and D player, but with the defense that this dude is bringing, we don't need a whole lot of threes, man. I am happy with what he's doing on the defensive end. Yeah, absolutely. He wasn't brought in here to score. so Right. Yeah. And, you care. know, like... Shoot it. <laughs> We've been talking for a while about the, the long game for the Blazers, too, as far as trying to build a contender around Dame. It's it's a very common saying around the NBA that, uh, or no, it's it's commonly known around the NBA. You don't win championships without being at least like a top 10 defensive team. Right now, we are bottom of the 30-team league. So a dude like Matisse Thibel, we don't need him in here for the threes. We need him in here for the Ds. And that's, that's what he's, you know, what he's, better at bringing in and i'm excited to see it like already we've seen him blocking shots uh, from the three-point line just spiking it into the audience well here, uh his he, he caused an eight second violation the other night against the wizards he's looking great on that end well you saw the difference between him and gp2 instantly immediately and that's not even yeah. a knock on gp2 because gp2 is still a good defender a very good defender um and in the right system can be great like he was great with golden state right and getting him in the offseason was a massive improvement. It was just unfortunate that the, the way it worked out, he wasn't on the court a lot. But you guys said the same thing when he made his, his debut for the Blazers. Like, oh, man, really like GP2's defense, right? And you should have. Hmm, yep. His defense was good. Like I said, he was defense a quarterback. Defense is sexy. It's Like fun. I said, he was a quarterback. He was, he, he was telling people where to be, how to be there. It was nice to see. The difference between he and Matisse Thibel is Matisse Thibel is a legit two-time all-NBA second-team Two defender. Two-time. Two-time. Yes, sir. And as I tweeted out, for all you guys who you know aren't on Twitter or didn't notice on the broadcast, thanks uh, for the shout-out, Blazers, for taking my stat. <laughs> shout-out, Blazers. The last time the Blazers had a player in their uniform named to an NBA all-defensive team was in 2004. Theo Rallick. Two decades ago. Prior yeah. to that, it was... The year 2000 with Scottie Pippen, who made second team. Prior to that, you have to go all the way back to 1991. And that was the last Blazers wow. to make All-NBA first team. And that is Buck Williams. So in the last 31 years, 32, God, <laughs> actually 30. Yeah, we're getting up there. In the last 30 years, <laughs> the Blazers have only had three players selected to an All-NBA defense. Now they've had players and none on their in the team. last two decades. Yeah, man. they've had players it's, on their team who were good defenders who didn't make it. Uh, someone pointed out to me on Twitter, uh, Cliff Robinson made some. He did. Cliff Robinson made two All NBA defensive teams, second team uh, selections. Uh, but one of they were both post post uh, Portland. It post was, Blazers. It was yeah. with uh, with Phoenix, and it was with Detroit right after he left Portland. So uh, mm -hmm. there's that. Um, the closest Portland has had would be. If I if I remember correctly, would be Rocco. I believe in 2017-18 was when he was first team uh, All NBA defense. Um, but that that was a special Rocco year. I mean, that was kind of, I mean, lightning in a bottle. Right when I was really falling in love with the guy. I don't care what Guy <laughs> Matt says; he's still my favorite player in the NBA. I, I love Robert Robert Covington. But you all thought I was asinine when I said he wasn't an NBA starting caliber player anymore. But I want you to tell me how many games. He has started with the Clippers because hasn't been many, if any. So on you. <laughs> so yeah, Matisse is a guy who could do it again um, and prove himself. And uh, I mean, that's impressive because I mean, GP, you would hope that maybe he could get that, that, 
that nod, right? But he hasn't. He didn't have one under his belt. Matisse Thibault does, and he's still young, still getting better on that end. So first team all all league defense at some point in his career is not out of the question. Another second team selection definitely uh, understandable, and it'd be great to have another Blazer do it because it has been almost twenty years since they've had one. That's at least the intro for our new guys. And again, the the sample size will get much bigger. We can get back to this. I'm I'm excited to see what Matisse has got. I'm excited to see what Cam has got. Kevin Knox, I'll be excited to see whatever we get. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that my expectations for him are through the floor, but they're certainly not nearly as high as the other guys as far as the actual production and what we could see, especially considering where we're trying to go this season. So, Chris, let's get into that. We talked about this a little last week. There is a division among Blazers fans, shocking, I know, that Blazers should be aiming, whether Blazers should be aiming for the play-in and a playoff berth or trying to tank in some form or another. You and I brought this up last week at the end of the trade discussions and how we're just too far above the real tanking teams to be worth it, especially if you consider us having a healthy Damian Lillard. There's no way you can tank with an active Dame on the roster. It's just not going to happen. Outside of the healthy Dame, the other factor will obviously be the rest of the lineup and, and the rotations and how that breaks down. We just saw, unfortunately, a nasty sprained ankle for Penny Simons the other night against the Wizards. Not a great sign for the rest of our season, but it comes right before the All-Star break, so he's got a full nine days to rest up before our next game. We did have some Discordians discussing this, and since I haven't dropped it in here yet, let me just say before I bring up their quotes, listeners, if you have not yet joined us, come and join us on the Discord. We have live episode recordings of this pod, a whole handful of other podcasters, content creators, and local artists. Shout out to Protopal Tony, hey! shout out to Abby, the artist. Hey! Shout out to Ike making his pins. Shout out to everyone in there making all the awesome stuff. We also have game access with a third bench ticket group, swag exchanges, ticket exchanges going back and forth, game night chats with friends, all of this by fans of the Blazers, for fans of the Blazers, like you, like me, like all of us. So all of us should be on the Discord. Come and join us there. The link is in the episode description. Listeners, we are in the thick of the NBA season and there are so many variables right now. Can Dame stay healthy enough to lead the team, or are we going to have to rely more on Jeremy? Will the Blazers make a move before the deadline, or are we going to wait for the offseason? Can we make the playoffs straight up, or are we going to get stuck in the play-in tournament in the middle of this stacked Western Conference? One thing's for sure, I know when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's not even the only promotion they have with DraftKings, but let me say this again so you're totally clear. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN for the Basketball Podcast Network. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do win. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Some of our guys in the Discord, like I was saying, bringing up some of these lineup changes and what we could be expecting to see the rest of the season. Shoot some oops. Hey! Says, I hesitate to see this, but I'm actually very curious what this team looks like without Penny Simons. And, you know, again, like with, with this injury, I'm not sure how long you'd expect him to be out. Brain ankles have quite the wide uh, window as far as whether he'll be out back for us just after the break or whether it's going to be something more that we might not see him for a, a month and change. But, like, you know, we've got Shaden Sharp really showing up right now. We've got Cam Reddish coming in to fill in some more of the depth. Justice Winslow hopefully coming back soon. How are you feeling about, uh, about potentially some new lineups? For the Blazers that we haven't really seen yet featuring 
non Simons ones in particular. Yeah, it's it's obviously easy to be excited, man. I'd love to see Shaden Sharp get some run there at the at the starting guard spot. Uh, maybe mix it up. You could run uh, Nasir out there at the three uh, and put Matisse at the two. Uh, you could you could do a lot of stuff here. I think right now though, if Ant's out, it's, it's Shaden Sharp time. Just just let him go. Mm, let him have some. Yeah, fun. just keep dunking like all the ones you've seen. And I gotta say too, let's let's throw some shouts out to Damian Lillard. Hey! He's been criticized many times over the years that he just wasn't a lob passer. We didn't always have a lot of lob targets for him, but we certainly have him now. Between Simons, Sharp, Jeremy Grant has been dunking awesome. We've had a lot of guys that can go up and get it. I, I am very curious, though, what happens when he comes back, whenever that ends up being. Our guy Ike, also on the Discord, as far as these lineup changes, he says, hey, just dream for a second with me. Nurk coming back healthy. Maybe Penny takes on a six-man role temporarily with that busted ankle. And Shaden becomes that starting caliber two guard by the end of the season. This brings up a whole new kind of dimension of, of what could happen with the Blazers out there. Just, just that, that minor switch. And I, I see the I see the, the tension, the looks you're given. I get it. Penny is not gonna be a bench shooting I'm, guard. I'm it's gonna freak out if I if I continue to hear this. He just meant it temporarily. He was saying temporarily while he, while he recovers from the ankle. And I think mostly it's about highlighting Shaden. Believe me, I, I'm not trying to bench Simons. I need him to get some run. I need him to look good. So then when, by the time we get to the off season. Another question from our guy Drubastank on Discord. Hey! Which of the four teams directly around us in the standings, two above and two below, would we match up with best? in the play-in series. We're talking between the Warriors, the Jazz, the Thunder, and the Lakers. Those are the two teams above us and the two teams below. I'm also gonna maybe throw in the Timberwolves in here because I think Blazers could be moving up pretty easily and that maybe drops the Lakers out of the conversation because they're going that direction anyway and brings the Timberwolves into it. How do you feel though among, let's say those five teams, who do you think is the best matchup for us? Uh, best matchup or best two matchups for a play-in series among the Timberwolves, the Warriors, the Jazz, the Thunder, or the Lakers? I think uh, Warriors is the last team I want to face in play. Um, I don't care. I know. The, the last one, even without Steph? Uh, it's the Warriors. Uh, uh, playoff experience matters in that situation. Dre uh, play Playoff uh, defense is different than regular season defense. It plays right into the hands of a guy like Draymond Green. He is like his defense next level in the playoffs. Play's been playing great. Jordan Poole, all of that. You get you get to refine your lineup a little bit. Steve Kerr is not going to go 10, 11 deep in a, in a bubble game. He's going to go, you know, eight if he needs to, right? Uh, the experience level there, coach to coach, right? Like, I just, I, I, I would not bet against the Warriors uh, in that play-in. If the Blazers had to play the Jazz, it's, it's Damian Lillard and company all day long. If the Blazers moved up and you said and played the Timberwolves, I also do not trust the Timberwolves. Uh, in any series <laughs> right now. Um, they lost a little bit of offense there in D-Rust. Uh, Conley's not the same Conley that he was years and years ago. As you said on the pod, the, the rumor was they traded him because of the matchup uh, with Gobert. And, oh, he fits better next to Gobert. <laughs> and that's dumb. No no team should be making... Like, that would be right now if Blazers were making moves because, oh, well, he fits he fits well next to Matisse Thibel and Anthony Simons. No, you, you, yeah, you need exactly. guys who fit next to Dame. Okay? Dame, um, yeah. I would take Portland over the Timberwolves myself in a, in a, in a bubble playoff. Uh, OKC, I know that everyone said they're their kryptonite, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to bet against Dame. 
I, I, I will be fully full disclosure. I don't wear them often, but I think that one is, is rose colored glasses myself. <laughs> okay. So nice. does match up with Portland so well, just because they're so long and, and so gritty. That might be the series that I, I would really lean into a toss up series because obviously one of them has the better star. Uh, SGA is gonna, is he's not far behind though. He's one nice young players in the game. But I think that that could lead to a very interesting uh, play in myself. Uh, the Lakers, that that's a wild card. That is a wild card. It's hard to go against LeBron at all. Um, but LeBron and no AD change it up. Uh, also, uh, you know, they did get a lot better at the deadline. They they, they, they got a little they, better. They yeah. got good defense in Vanderbilt. They got some extra help there uh, with their bigs in the paint with Mo Bamba. And, and they traded first name Russ for last name Russ, and he fits in right. a little bit better, <laughs> gives him some shooting. Um, so I think the Lakers are in a really good spot right now, absolutely in a good spot. Uh, I don't know if they're good enough to make up the ground yet to get up there to where, you know, uh, the Pelicans and the Mavericks are. So Pelicans, seven seed, they're playing team two. So yeah, that could be a Portland matchup. Uh, but if I'm Portland, uh, I'm feeling really, really good if I'm playing Utah or Minnesota. I'm feeling confident if I'm playing Oklahoma City uh, and I am feeling like it, backs are against the wall and everything has to click uh, if I'm facing L.A. or Golden. And, and where do you put Pelicans on that? Because we're talking more than four teams at this point, but we got 24 games left in the season, so these standings are going to change and shift around. Where do you throw Pelicans in there as far as favoring Blazers versus confident versus back against the wall? Uh, Pelicans, to me, are gonna they're go hard team to know they're gonna go as far as zion williams is want, wants to take um if, if if they are fully healthy in the in a play-in matchup i don't know if i'm gonna pick anyone to beat them i really like that team mm, i like that team interesting a lot. uh a lot uh again it, it, fully healthy fully healthy warriors i'm gonna take over because it's the Warriors. sure sure uh um, how, how long is steph supposed to be out for what is steph's timeline have I you seen the timeline seen the yet actual time it's a pretty like, nasty saying, injury. It is a nasty injury. I'm just saying in general. Uh, yeah. Fully healthy team. You have to, uh, that's my... Uh, but Zion, if Zion's ready to go, that team's so damn He's so damn good. Yeah, you're uh, not wrong. So that's the one team. I, yeah, that's a team I wouldn't want to face. Almost if I'm anybody. I think that's a team that could get really hot in a playoff series and, and cause trouble. Okay, I I don't think you're wrong about about Zion. I, I'm gonna my my lineup looks a little different. I think the teams that I feel least comfortable against, probably just because, like you said, they've kind of been our kryptonite this season. The least comfortable team I feel as far as a playing matchup would be against the Thunder. That the not just their length and stuff, but the the slowdown, the free throw discrepancy, especially what we talked about with officiating, how that seems to again Blazer fan bias here. I'm gonna stick on brand. That just seems to go against us more often than not, especially when playing SGA and the Thunder. That is the team that I would look forward to seeing the least in a playing matchup. The Jazz have kind of had, we've had some issues with them too, but I'm with you. I'm not super concerned about them, especially this late in the season. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's going to hold up as far as the impression we got about them earlier in the year when they were just outperforming their own expectations. The Warriors, if Steph's injury keeps him out, man. I don't I don't feel bad against about facing them. Dame goes off against the Warriors. He always loves to play against that team. Just probably that that hometown cooking for him a little bit. 
Timberwolves, I wouldn't worry about right at all. I'm right there with you. Pelicans are a big question mark. The, the one of the team, though, that is not a question mark to me is the Lakers. I hear you that they got better at the deadline. Uh, that certainly is going to help them. Maybe it, they'll need that help if they even want to get into the playoff conversation because we are, we're a half game out of the uh, play-in conversation. I'm sorry, the play-in conversation because Blazers are a half game out of the play-in. The Lakers are a full, what, two and a half games back? Yeah, two games behind us, two and a half games out of the play-in. And again, I, just the way that the whole structure works, if we're climbing the charts here over the last 24 games and Lakers manage to get up towards that 10th spot for the play-in, we've got the advantage. We only need to win one game against them. And I'm if we only need one game, like you said last time, I'm putting my money on Super Saiyan Dame uh, carrying us through and, and getting us the promised land, the promised land being a first-round matchup in the playoffs against a team that will probably uh, wipe the floor with us. But that's okay because we are in still in the building process. Our order looks a little different. I'm putting... Thunder is the least likely match matchup that I want to see. I'm probably putting Warriors next after that because even without Steph, they do have that experience you're talking about. I just I, I don't even fear the Warriors that much though. And so that tells you if if I'm looking at those six teams between Pelicans, Wolves, Warriors, Jazz, Thunder, Lakers, the, the idea that I only really fear a matchup against the Thunder because of the history we've had in the season, and maybe kind of fear the Warriors because of just their history in general. I'm not too concerned about any of those other four matchups. So. For me, it is full steam ahead. Let's push for the play-in. Let's get there. Let's watch what Dame and hopefully a healthy roster around him can do for us. I think that's a situation, honestly, that Joe Cronin did. And I know it's frustrating as a Blazer fan. There's just, you pick a lane, right? That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, he kind of left the door open for tanking in his presser. And I think what this team is going to do, Keith, is I think they're going to continue to go full steam ahead. Uh, and mm. ride it to the wheels fall off, right? I would prefer unlocking all the picks and Joe Cronin having the full seven years of picks to work with, right? You have yeah. other people who have advocated uh, getting the best draft pick possible because then you have a high draft pick in a stacked draft to uh, pair with the pick that you're likely going to get from New York. And you have two picks to use at the draft, right? Um, mm. So I see the value in that too. Uh, if the idea of tanking is oh tank for one Benyama, like that's you're, crazy. You're, We're not you're, dropping you're, that far. Your your odds are are really really low on that one right now right. as it stands. Season ends right now. Blazers have a one point five percent chance of the number one of the first pick, pick. <laughs> to get really back into the the consideration. Uh, you, you'd have to be top five. Because you know fifth, yeah. fifth fifth place has ten and a half percent chance, fourth place and that's has, still not great. Yeah, fourth place has twelve point five. The thing is, it's not as if tanking right now is giving Portland in. Oh, sweet! So you're getting into a top three situation. Like, think about it this way: there's twenty four games left, and Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, and Charlotte. All those teams have at least a 12 game lead on you, hmm. you would yeah, have to make up to 12 drop. games that's a lot to drop realistically you could get to where orlando is i mean orlando is only at 24 and 35 so can you lose five more games than they do and get to fifth place which gives you 10 a 10 and a half percent chance yeah not with uh, a healthy but dame same, but if they make decisions to go it's not a great spot to be but it's not really a bad spot to be and it's because i think there are positives and negatives because you can't you cannot there's zero argument 
that says being able to free up all seven of those first round picks and trade them again is not beneficial. Right. Just, it absolutely just, helps. It's just, especially it, it's just a uh, fact. Uh, Especially on like the Dame timeline, especially if the yeah. goal here is to not just build through the draft, but use those as assets to build around him. That is the absolute yeah. primary, a, a number one way to go. But on the other hand of that, there's also very, very good arguments for the benefit of improving that draft stock for this draft the best you can. Whether that is thinking you do have a realistic chance at getting Wembenyama, or just getting the absolute best draft, the best or draft pick possible uh, mm. to improve your stake. So okay, yeah, it's one of those. The 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 point I'm making is I I we have debated this in the Discord. Uh, BMac is the great example. Hey! He is firm, firm, uh, tank. As where I would prefer that they 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 unlock those picks. I think it gives them but I don't think you can look at me or him straight in the eye and say that that that's wrong. There's a good argument to be made for either. I'm not saying, Hey, don't, I, don't I roll there's... your eyes. I didn't say tank and trade Dame. <laughs> I just said tank the season to improve the draft. stock. Again, both of them have, have an ex extreme amount of value and I get it. When I root for my team, when I'm, when I'm talking about my ducks and my red Sox, that's all I want to do. All I want is all I want to do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> All right, listeners, we're going to cut it off right there. We had about another 20 minutes of audio that I just finished editing. And when I go to export it so I can post it, some of uh, just just some of the audio file just disappeared. So we're just going to call this one a little early, I guess. I had expected to be coming back this week where Chris and I would be discussing all of the All-Star Weekend events as well as Penny's sprained ankle much like we did on Monday night when Chris invited me on to courtside and we talked about all that live on Rip City Radio. Shout out to those guys, to Chris, to hey, Preston, hey, to Chad, to hey, Dwight, everyone hey. over there at Rip City Radio. But I'm dealing with some dental stuff, some face muscle stuff, that is some mandibular stuff, if you remember that reference, that is making it a little hard to podcast today. So give me a week. Let's see the Blazers play some games, and Chris and I will be back next week to catch up on all of it. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for the fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening, especially all of you joining us on Discord. Come and join the Discord if you haven't already. The link is in the episode description. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week after this one for the next edition of the Trailcasters.